action. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Your Average Critics, joined just by myself and Obi today. And we're going to talk mostly about sci-fi. So how are you, Obi? I'm good, mate. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, it's been a slow week for watching things. Mm. Um, I tend to... I tend to kind of go through peaks and troughs, so I won't really watch anything for a while, especially in the cinema, and then I'll just smash out a weekend where I watch like two or three at once. Um, yeah, I know you mean. Catch up on some Netflix stuff. So um, this week is the trough. Next week will probably be the peak because we've got Lion King. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward to that. I really am. I really, really am. <laughs> Although it's half an hour longer than the original, so there must be some extra scenes or something in there. That's interesting. The things like obviously I've heard like to be fair, I thought well when I first look was looking up on I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, um, a lot of critics were coming out and saying that they like, thought it was really really good. And now to be fair, I've had a look at it on like Google and stuff, and a lot of people were saying they weren't not really feeling it. So getting kind of mixed reviews to it. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the um, the main critique of it, I suppose, is that um, I think people say visually it's stunning, but they haven't really added anything. So it's kind of like a thing of like, um, does this film justify being made, if that makes sense? Existence, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then I guess the Jungle Book, I mean, I don't know the the Disney animation particularly well, but I don't think it added much either. It's, you mm. know, like how much did... Aladdin ad. you know all of these Disney remakes like they're not adding too much it's just quote unquote live action um, yeah. so do they really need to add anything and if they did add something and it didn't work then it would be like oh Disney messing with a try and tested formula I don't know it's true you don't it's true. Get I think pe- people criticizing oh. the musical for being like it's just a film but in musical uh, in a stage form yeah you're not wrong I think with me personally, I think I feel like regardless, it's one of them films I was saying to Chris the other day, one of them films that regardless of how shit it might be, I'm still going to fucking love it. Same with like Power Rangers. Even yeah, though it's a gender over facts, isn't it? it? Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, you know, it is what it is. What it is. Like, I'm just going to say Beyonce deserves an Oscar, you know, things like that. What, for voice acting? Yeah, man. Why not? <laughs> okay. Talking of it is what it is, now it's just you and I, Ob. <laughs> Go on, Glenn. No, great Sick segue. Great segue. Great Love segue. Island, mate. Love Island 2019. Can I can I make a controversial statement, Glenn? Okay. I think the season's quite boring. Oh, I completely agree. Okay. I feel like there's not been tons of drama. Mm. Like last season, you had Josh coming back from Catherine Wall with Kaz, and and then like Wes fucking Laura off for uh, Megan. Yeah. And this season it's just like everyone's getting along. Yeah. Everyone are pretty much sticking with their couples apart from yeah. Curtis. Um more of thought about but yeah, it's just I don't know, it just seems a bit tame. A bit Yeah. I mean, I'm still watching it, but Same. I'm sort of wanting it to end because then you know, because Love Island's on at nine o'clock every day. Yeah. Apart from Saturdays. It's sort of like, 
I have to work my other TV around that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, least, exactly. What you mean. At least with Netflix, if you could start a program at twenty past eight because it will finish at quarter past nine, but you know it doesn't matter because it's streaming. Whereas, yeah. I mean, I could watch it on plus one, but I'm not going or on catch up, but I'm not going to. If I miss one, I'm just gonna. That would probably derail me for ages. So, yeah, nine o'clock. It's, it's a. I don't know. It's like how TV was five, ten years ago. Yeah. Sorry, state of affairs. So who's your who's your favourite kind of person in the villa? Um, who's my favourite? I really like Ovi. To be fair, he oh, kind of, I feel like he's coming to his own the last three episodes. Um, I love that message. Yeah, it's fucking bloody joke. Apparently, is a film reference. It is. It's don't be a menace in South Central whilst drinking gin and juice or something like that. Okay. Which is a spoof of plenty, loads of different films. Um, I who else do I like? Oh, God. Anton's alright, I guess. Kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I like. Other than um, that, I quite like Jordan. Do you? I don't like Jordan. No, I quite like him. I think he's quite. Nah, he annoyed me when he snitched on Tom, even though they're not boys, but still. Yeah. But then also, like, Tommy snitching on Anton with the whole, like, writing his number down thing. That, this is... Okay, so this is the most contrived piece of drama I've ever watched. Like, the producers <laughs> clearly said to Anton, like, oh, yeah, get, write down your number, give it to... Write down the number to the phone that you don't have access to and give it to this, this girl so that we can start something to make it interesting because nothing else is fucking happening. Yeah. And then even like, and also like, it just annoys me that these people, both of the boys and the girls, obviously I know it's for the sake of TV, blah, 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 but none of them can keep a secret. Like Molly May literally went and told What's Her Face like two seconds after Tommy said, don't tell her, don't tell anyone. Yeah. I would be fuming if that was, you know, that I told, you know, my partner in confidence and said, please don't tell anybody else. You know, it doesn't mean tell your girlfriends. Exactly. No, that that still counts as telling someone. Like exactly. I'd be annoyed, you know. Especially if you um, tell fucking Anna, she got a big mouth. She'll just tell everybody. She's very mature as well. She's, she's jarring. With age. She's like thirty years old. She's the most immature person in there. She's like, oh, he's twenty-eight. He must be immature. Uh, he must be mature. It's like, no, age doesn't mean maturity because you clearly demonstrate that. Exactly. And she's like saying to Jordan, like, oh, we guess we're not as close as we were then. She didn't snitch on your mate. <sighs> So I think at least Jordan like kind of like, like tried to invent a different story. Yeah, that's true. I think Tommy and Molly May will win, but I don't really see them lasting on the outside. No, they won't last at all. No chance. <laughs> uh, I want Ovi to win. But I don't think she's that bothered about the series. You know, she's watching it, but again, I think she's a bit like us. She's not really too fast. I think just this season's just been a bit dry. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, we'll move swiftly on from Love Island yeah. to something our listeners will probably actually be <laughs> interested in. Um, so I've watched the first two episodes of series three of Stranger Things, which can introduce nicely into our topic of science fiction. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this sort of picks up. Is that a year after the last one? Um, I think so, yeah. Where everyone's aged at least three years. Yeah, literally. Physically, um, all of the boys are taller and lankier. Uh, yeah. Apart from Will, it seems. 
Um, I don't yeah. know if he is kind of actually younger than the rest of them. Um, and I mean, I don't know how old they all are. I, I can't imagine they're all 16 yet, but it was just so uncomfortable watching Mike and Eleven get off. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't want to see this. Um, I think they're supposed to be about 14, I think. Oof. I was just 15. like, nah, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. They just don't have any chemistry either. Do you I, know know what I, mean? I know they're child actors, but I just don't. I don't. I don't think Mike's a particularly good actor. They all okay. just come across quite, I don't know, irritating. Um, <laughs> and then there's also the fact that Will's mum's a paedophile. Um, what? Wow, well, you know that Billy can't be that old. Oh, Mike's mum. Mike's mum. <laughs> what did I say? You said Will's mum. Oh, okay. I always get them muddled up. They yeah, all got yeah. Shit okay. Um, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Mike's mum. Mike's um, yeah. yeah, Perman on Billy, aka yeah. Young Black Efron. Um, <laughs> I feel like they've also sort of realised that they need to give Billy something to do this series, so they're like, hey, how about he gets face hugged and then kidnaps his cobra. Do you know what I think as well, actually? Um, obviously, you're not going to, you haven't, wouldn't have watched it yet, but I think they really struggled to give Will something to do this season as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so, personally. <laughs> Currently, so far, he's just said, can we play D&D? Yeah. That's all he said. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't change much from that, if I'm being honest. No. I also feel like um, what Eleven knows and understands is also quite inconsistent. Definitely. Because she's obviously like, uh, maybe Mike's just being like pervertedly manipulative here, but she seems to understand like some form of relationship. But then yeah. she has never been shopping and it's like, what is T-shirt? And, you know, it's like, shut up. You know, <laughs> you've, you've, you've clearly been exposed to these people for at least three years. Mm. Like, are you not just like a normal functioning human now? Um, and also, I'm only two episodes into this series, but I also feel like, you know, in series one, when they sort mm-hmm. of, she was tested on or whatever, and there was that scientist guy, they sort yeah. of, kind of forgot about that for most of series two and i feel like they're also not really hinting that much at it they seem to be going down this russian route now which yeah i don't know again it just seems like they started a thread in series one and then they've just sort of maybe got a bit too excited and they're like oh we need this idea as well i don't know Uh, have you finished the series yet yeah i finished it does it come back to 11's origins um do you want to know i do because i i to be honest with you, I'm not sure I'm going to finish it, and if I do, it won't be that quickly. Okay, um, you know, they don't really come back to Eleven's Origins, but also I would say to you that I think it, it really picks up around episode three or four. Okay. So I think that'll motivate you to finish the rest of the season. Because I think Lauren's given up on it. Oh, really? Yeah, she gave up on it after episode one, to be honest. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> to be honest, and this is maybe... Just personal preference slash maybe arrogance from the creators. But I feel like at least for the first two episodes, they're heavily relying on the audience actually giving a shit about the characters themselves. Yeah. For me, I'm interested in the story. I'm not, I don't really care too much for the boys themselves, but that's what the first two episodes focus on. It's like, hey, Dustin's back with Steve, and hey, you know, I can't even remember all the characters' names, to be honest, but it's like, 
it's more about their interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And I feel like it's very slow to get the actual kind of plot going, um, apart from obviously the stuff that's happening with Billy. Um, but again, because Billy's such an arsehole, I'm not that invested in him. So yeah. that's why I'm sort of a bit like, mm, do I really want to carry on watching it? Because, you know, two episodes, it's just been like, I, I, I don't really care about spending too much time with them. I just want them to fight the monsters. But then that's my own personal thing. I've not invested in these characters um, as much as like other series. So I don't know what your thoughts are. Like, are you a, you know, I don't even know if they have a gang name, but are you like the... the <laughs> yeah, I think I'm quite the opposite of... to you. I'm quite the opposite to you, to be honest. I've re- I've actually really invested in their, in their, um, in the, all their relationships. And like one of the things that I was saying to um, saying to Chris, that I don't like about the season as a, as a whole, is that the four of them don't spend that much time together. Yeah, which annoys me because like I like I like it when the four when like the four of them are all up together and they can all like you know. I think because I think their chemistry together is quite good. Obviously, plus uh, eleven and Max. I think together they all their chemistry is quite good. And like when you get there's a moment when you get towards the end of the series where like most of the characters meet up, and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, this is really, I really, I really like enjoy this moment. Um, I think I'm yeah the complete yeah. opposite to you actually. I'm probably more interested in the characters than I am about the story. I think the story is kind of more secondary to me. Obviously, it's the story like the monster, all the whole monster thing. I, it's still really interesting, I think, and I, I'm interested in it, but I, I think I'm more invested in the characters than I am about the, the demogorgons and the mind flayers and all them things there. Okay. So as a series of the whole, like, if you can try and avoid major spoilers, please do. But, like, how does the series compare to the other two? How is it, you know, in terms of continuing the sci-fi aspect and, and the 80s kind of vibe um so the 80s vibe, eight, the 80s vibe is still really strong um i do think that this season is better than season two but in my opinion not as good as season one but i still really enjoyed it um i think that this this season like in terms of like the monsters and everything and like how they stop it and stuff like that. I do think they're kind of just like rehashing all the stuff they did in the first two seasons. Okay. Kind of. So that gets a slight tiny bit repetitive. But at the same time, there are still moments in season three which I was think, oh yeah, this is jokes. Or there's one moment in particular in the last episode where I was literally I've rewound it about ten times because I was cracking up because I thought it was hilarious. Oh um, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, to do with Dustin I think it was so funny um, but yeah and obviously like I think although I liked it when they were all kind of like all together I think the teams that they've like kind of they kind of split up into teams basically it's basically like three teams they split up into throughout the eight episodes and like there's good relationships in every team and there are all like loads of different little things that I didn't expect to happen which did happen which made me think oh yeah this series is proper jokes and like I'm really like enjoying where this story is going um there's probably going to be a season four, I okay. imagine. Uh, isn't there a post-credit scene? Yes, there is. Yeah. So, how much more legs do you think Strange Things has? Well, I think the brother, the, the Duffer Brothers, want. I think they said they wanted to go for five seasons. So, could they? Could they bring out another two seasons? Probably. I feel like if they bring out another, I, you know, what? I think if they brought out another season, I think I feel like that should be kind of like it. 
Okay. Because I feel like if they brought out another season and what I think will happen does happen, then I kind of think if you bring out another season after that, then you're just repeating yourself. Right, okay. And there's no hint this series of the other tested on children. Oh, no, none whatsoever. See, that, I hate it when they sort of introduce <laughs> things like that and just don't follow through with it. Yeah. But fair enough, it didn't seem to go down well last series. Um, so you said it's better than series two, but less good than series one. So why yeah. is that? Um, I think I, I think this season, like me being the way I think about all like, the Mind Flayer stuff and Demogorgons and all that, I think has gotten a little bit tired. So obviously when I watched it in season one, I thought it was like really like fresh and like something completely different. So I was much more interested in it at that time. Whereas yeah. now it's kind of like, well, we beat the monster once, we beat him again. Now we kind of have to beat him again sort of thing. So it's kind of like, oh, like, this is kind of long. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Winona Ryder, her character, like in season one, her being nuts and everyone thinking she's nuts and then like, um, her kind of basically kind of like figuring stuff out by herself, and obviously mm-hmm. this season she kind of does a bit of that. But uh, in my opinion, so I'd, so have you got to the bit about the magnets and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like she's thought, oh, my fridge, ma- my fridge magnets have fallen off. It must be a monster. Like, come on. <laughs> but I just thought it's a bit like I don't know. I just thought it's a bit silly to be honest. And obviously her relationship with Hopper, which at first is kind of. Uh, you know, funny slash interesting gets a bit tiresome uh, during the middle of the series. I think personally because they argue a lot, and I'm just like, oh god, come on. He does seem to be a bit of like a man baby, like yeah, like, yeah. He's he like, oh, Eleven's kissing Mike. Like, I don't like that, and she doesn't want to go on a date with me. Ooh. Mike's a like, prick though. Mike's a prick though. See? Yeah, but uh, I don't know if you got to the bit where they were like. um they would chat. He asked them for a chat, and then Mike just like whispering in Levin's ear right in front of him. And I was like, "You're a dickhead!" Like I would have punched him in the face. Very <laughs> disrespectful. Prick. Oh, it's just teenage being teenagers, isn't it? He's um, a dick, man. <laughs> I might, I might give it one more episode, but I think I'm gonna oh, have give to it two, give it two more episodes. And if after episode four, that's you're not on series, it, then mate. fair enough. Yeah, two. That's two hours of your time. It's not long. Give, if after episode four, you're not on it, then fair enough. But I feel I like watch episode four. Okay. should be interested. Um, are you a fan of sci-fi in general as a genre? I think so, actually. I think it's not probably not my favourite genre, but I would say it's definitely up there. And I feel like Will Smith has a lot to do with that. Okay. So what, what is it about Will Smith and sci-fi that's kind of got you gripped? And also think, I think maybe we should talk about what we see as defining sci-fi so what do you what is science fiction to you um i think uh i feel like science fiction is basically the invention of or there's some sort of like technology or you know some sort of like um you know like something to do with like extraterrestrial that kind of thing basically stuff that we've never seen before that kind of like integrates itself into the story so, like, okay. films like, like Men in Black, for example, like Aliens and stuff and all the gadgets and everything like that, I feel, is like, that. I feel like that's kind of like science fiction. And, like, I suppose a bit of time, throw a bit of time travel in there as well. That's always good for science fiction. But does, this might sound silly, but does sci-fi always have to be fictional? Because 
you've got films like First Man and Gravity, which are about kind of space exploration and are based in truth. But are they sci-fi yeah. or are they dramas? That's true, actually. Um, I wouldn't cross something like First Man as uh, as a sci-fi film. So I feel that's more of like a, um, I don't know, bi- biographical, I guess, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah. I haven't seen Gravity, so I can't really comment on that. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I suppose there can be an element of drama in it. I suppose it doesn't always have to be like fiction stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, really, I'm ne- I don't think I've really watched a film that I would consider science-y, which, which isn't like, you know, got like bare gadgets and shit. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I agree with you in that it tends to be revolving around technology, futurism. Mm. And I also futurism. think there's also like a existential side of it because yeah. a lot of sci-fi seems to be like, oh, robots are taking over. What is the future mm. of humanity? Or, yes. Yes. or are robots, can they be human? You know, it's all about like, who are we? Where are we in the world? What defines mm. humanity? All of that mm. sort of things. You've got films like AI where like the kids of cyborg but has elements of like um or even iRobot as well. iRobot, like, yeah, so I was they, thinking of they exhibit kind of human tendencies or they become so advanced that they kind of successfully mimic yeah. feelings and stuff. Um and I think there's a paranoia in that as well. Because it's always it always seems to come from a negative point of view. Yeah. That's so, exactly correct. So okay, it's the drama, I suppose, than the whole negative side of it. Because really, in pretty much any film where there's like uh, artificial intelligence, and the worry is, oh, will they kind of like take over? They pretty much always do. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind, of, or at least they they always at least, they always attempt to. So I feel like that always creates a good bit of like you know suspense for the for the watchers. Yeah. So I mean, you were talking about Will Smith and his at least in the. 90s early noughties period mm. was quite heavy in sci-fi um yes. so was that your entry point into the genre yeah i think men in black was the first sci-fi film that i can remember watching and what was it about that that got you engaged was it will smith or was it kind of aliens and futurism and stuff i think it was mostly will smith because he's such a cool guy and like he had certain lines in the film that i like or, or it, like I never forget kind of thing. <laughs> so like I think the first line that I remember him saying is uh, him calling himself. He's chasing the alien guy, and he says, um, "I'm with the NYPD, which stands for I'll knock your punk ass down," which I've never <laughs> forgotten in my life. <laughs> and even um, the bit where um, he joins the Men in Black, and he said, "You know," he says to Tommy Lee Jones, "Like you know, what difference between you and me is." He puts the sunglasses on. He says, "I make this shit look good," and like <laughs> <laughs> or. Something, something along those lines but yeah things like that and like he was just so cool and so charismatic that I think I don't know he just kind of got me into that genre because he kind of always portrays that sort of character in these films like he's a serious guy but he also has um, loads and loads of like charisma kind of thing yeah but yeah so, he's probably been my entry point to these films so the sci-fi films Will Smith's been in from memory are obviously the two who, is he in three Men in Black films or just two? Yeah, he's in three of them, yeah, first first three. And then iRobot, and yep. then After Earth. Yeah. Does I'm Legend count? I would say that's horror, but I want to talk about horror sci-fi in a bit. Okay. Anyway. 
because I think they're very linked. Um, sure. Independence Day. Oh yeah, they're called Independence Day. Shit. Um, what's the best Will Smith sci-fi? Oh, okay. So if we were including I'm Legend, I would have said I'm Legend, but we're not. So fair enough. Um, I think it's between Men in Black, the first one, and I Robot. I really like I Robot. I Robot's sick, and I think yeah. every time I've rewatched it, it's still held up. Yeah. I've, I've still been like, isn't the robot called like Sunny or something? Something um, like that. And I, yeah, it just it's just so cool. Good action, like kind of makes you think. I think Sheila Booth's in it as well. Uh, not that that makes it good, but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> just one of those like random people you forget are in those sorts of films. Um, would you say that Men in Black and I Robot are in your top five sci-fi? Um, in my top five. Mm, probably, but I would um, preface that. Preface? I would preface that with saying that I feel like I haven't watched loads of sci-fi films, and I feel like there are certain films that you would have in like your top five that I wouldn't have even watched, like Star Wars, for example. I've only seen the the newest ones. I haven't watched any of the old ones. You know? Yeah, I think I think there was definitely in like the seventies and eighties and stuff, maybe even nineties when technology was still fairly limited mm. where sci-fi was probably very prevalent and i guess because when you see things like obviously star wars and terminator like yeah. at the time the cgi was just so good um yeah you know, like terminator um, 2 i think the cgi was fucking crazy <laughs> yeah didn't they like turn time. like turn into like liquid metal and stuff yeah and obviously that was late 80s or early 90s which yeah. you know and even star wars for being the late 70s like those, those sorts of uh 2001 a space odyssey in the late 60s i think it was like just pioneering kind of technology of its time um and obviously like really well received and very high re- highly regarded but i think maybe from our kind of modern standpoint they don't necessarily hold up like i watched terminator the other day and i mean it's a solid film but i was sort of a bit like yeah i've you know i've seen better and mm. obviously that's more recent films so there's a bit kind of unfair to you know sort of comparing oranges and apples or whatever the fucking phrase is but you know it's tough because we don't have that level of appreciation because we're so used to like sick cgi um, yeah literally um but i want to talk about kind of sci-fi that that it maybe it's where the science fiction is, you wouldn't class maybe as sci-fi film. So I want to talk maybe like superhero films. Not all superhero okay. films, but films like Black Panther certainly has elements of sci-fi, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, then you've got like the horror aspect where you've got um, like Alien, um, you know, films like that. Do you see those as sci-fi films or do you see those as primarily like horror or superhero? Um, I think I would, I see them as like primarily um, superhero or horror films, but I do think if you said to me, oh yeah, I, I consider Alien a sci-fi film, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair enough. But if you said, I think it's a sci-fi film before it's a horror film, I don't think I would agree with you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a horror before it's a sci-fi, same way Black Panther is a superhero film before it's a sci-fi film kind of thing. Mm. so like you could they, they think, can fit into the two genres but i don't think uh i think one of them is more more dominant than the other i think it's because sci-fi 
I guess because technology now is so kind of advanced mm. that lots of films tend to focus on, well, not even focus on technology, but technology is part of it. And yeah. if it's not the primary focus, then I would probably argue that, yeah, it, it doesn't fall in the sci-fi category. Um, because obviously, like, you know, yeah, superhero films, they just have planes that are supersonic and fly like to space and it's just you just sort of assume it so you're not thinking oh, okay well this is they're not integral to the plot you know yeah. it's not like how are these planes working blah 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 um and same with with alien it's sort of like yeah it's set in space and it's about aliens but it's all more about like the body horror of it of the alien getting inside you yeah. um, rather than like kind of I don't know. Whereas ET is about an alien, but it's about the alien's connection with a person. You yeah. know that. So like, that's the main focus. That's it's not a horror film. It's like a family kind of sci-fi film. Mm. Um, and I watched a, a recent film called Upgrade, which is done by one of the writers of Saw, um, and it's about a guy who gets into a car accident. Uh, yeah, he gets into a car accident. It's basically paraplegic. Um, but there's a chip that gets implanted into his neck and it enables him to walk. But then the chip starts taking over his body. It talks to him and says, oh, you should do this, you should do this. And then it's like, I don't need your permission to move anymore. I can take over. So I get that's, that's a very kind of common sci-fi um, you know, plot device, isn't it? It's like yeah. the AI taking over... Um, and it's a decent film but it actually ultimately ends with the ai taking over like and it doesn't end on a particularly positive note which i guess is different to how the uh the sci-fi films of old used to end it always used to be like humans defeating the technology or mm. you know finding a way to to battle it so i don't know if that signifies a shift you know because you've got like black black mirror as well haven't you where you know technology tends to prevail even in like a dark sense yeah can i talk about um a sci-fi film that i saw yesterday actually thinking about it yeah um so it's called see you yesterday and i don't know if you've seen it it's on netflix no no um so i think it's either written or directed by spike no i think it's written by spike lee um and directed by some random guy yeah and basically it's just about these two kids who are really smart and um, they basically invent time travel and they, 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 they're, one of the kid's brother is the subject of police brutality and he gets shot and he dies and they try to use the time travel to kind of like stop that from happening and in the mm-hmm. and like, so that's like the basic premise of it and they basically kind of go through, go through that the film's about an hour and a half long and at one point they do manage to stop the brother from getting killed but as a consequence um one of them gets killed. so like this girl who's the main character her best friend um sebastian he gets killed right and so she, she has to go back in time again and you know try and fix it all blah blah blah, blah. I, you know what? i'm not going to go in this film in massive depth but i just want to talk about it because it's really annoying um so she goes back in time to try and stop um both of them from being killed and basically what happens is um when they go back in time, the brother who at that point was had survived sees a um, a funeral funeral memorial card, and then the the face and name shifts from his face 
to this boy Sebastian's face. And so he decides basically to get himself killed so that um, the other boy can live kind of thing. Okay. So then when, when they go back in time again, the, um, the girl, uh, I think her name's CJ, she tells Sebastian, yeah, well, I had to go back in time again because you died. Um, and this, this was all her fault, by the way. This girl's a very, very troublesome girl. Like, <laughs> uh, she was like the main cause of both of them dying. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he's like, no, we can't go back into the boy Sebastian. He's like, we can't go back in time again. Um, you know, um, I'm not risking my life again. I'm not risking your life either, blah, blah, blah. So then she basically says, yeah, okay, okay. And then double bluffs him, lets him leave like the garage and locks, him, locks herself in and goes back in time again. So there's about, I think, I was thinking, okay, we're hitting the final act now and she's gone back in time again. And then she just starts running, I assume, to try, try and stop her brother from getting shot again. And then the film yeah. just ends. Ah. <laughs> and apparently the director did that to try and leave it up to interpretation because the girl we saw from the film that the girl was stubborn and we know that she'd always keep trying to save her brother and you know she put herself in a paradox blah 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 and i was like nope fuck that that's shit you want a conclusive ending i 100% want a conclusive ending yes I was really, I was, okay. you saw me yesterday when the film finished, I was so annoyed, I was so pissed off, <laughs> I was so pissed off, like, oh my god, I literally thought I wasted, I felt like I wasted an hour and a half, because up until that, I was actually really enjoying it. It's amazing how, like, a film can just lose its audience in seconds, you know, you can literally. enjoy the entire thing and the ending shit, but literally. like, time travel movies tend to kind of be a bit pessimistic, like, you can't really fuck with time. Yeah. Fixed points in time. Got like Back stuff. to the Future, where you go back and you know, you know, Butterfly Effect, all of these kind yeah. of films where you know, ultimately you can't really change what's happened. Um, yeah. Which saying that, a lot of sci-fi films tend to be quite uh, derivative, don't they? Like considering, you'd think science fiction is probably a genre where you could literally think of anything because it's not necessarily kind of based on reality yeah it can be absolute nonsense but i guess obviously you can only think of things the human mind is limited by what it can think of and you do tend to default to what you've already seen so you do get kind of repetitive storylines of time travel of robots taking over do you think it's difficult for there to be really original sci-fi films i think at this point yeah i like even thinking it off the top of my head i can't think of anything Obviously, I'm not a writer or anything like that, but I couldn't think of anything that's already not already been done. So basically, I think you've just got to take you've got to take things that like over have already happened or already been made films of, and then just put your own original twist on it, kind of. Yeah. Just change a few aspects of it to make it, you know, put your own stamp on it, rather than because I think it's probably hard to invent a completely different concept of you know something. Yeah, and I think certainly. With like Black Mirror, with Upgrade, the twist is that you know technology wins. Yeah. Or you know it's not as clear cut as as kind of you know films from the eighties and nineties where the humanity always prevails. So I guess that's an interesting twist and kind of pessimistic as well. But um, mm. I think from memory, one of the most original sci-fi's I can think of is like What Happened to Monday. Like that seems yeah. pretty pretty. Yeah, um, original and that was a decent uh, you know science fiction action film um, yeah. also kind of Chris- Christopher Nolan is pretty good you know you've got uh, 
Inception, I guess you could say is. I was going to ask you that if you consider that a sci-fi film. Thing is, I wouldn't have, but then when I, I just did some kind of preliminary research and like you know best sci-fi films. It said Inception, and I was thinking, mm. is it? But it's one of those tough ones because it deals with some kind of far-out concepts, but it's not necessarily you know it's not about aliens. It's not about time travel. It's, yeah, technology is not the main focus. It's more like a heist film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but like in that memory but I guess the fact that it's so far removed from reality you could say there's elements of science fiction but I probably wouldn't say I mean Interstellar is a sci-fi film but yeah. I'm not sure about Inception so this is where where you know modern day when you know so much technology CGI is so good you're dealing with like weirder concepts you know people maybe think if something's got a strange concept then it must be sci-fi, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would say it's sci-fi. I don't think I would either, to be honest with you. But like, I would. If someone said, "Oh yeah, I think it's a sci-fi film," I wouldn't like say, "No, you're wrong," kind of thing. I think I you think could you certainly def- argue a lot. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, just got just got like a googled list of best sci-fi films. Arrival. Oh, that was sick. Did I haven't seen it right. Oh, so it's basically like um, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner are like scientists. So she's like a language expert. And this like mm. alien ship arrives on Earth um, and they go up there and it's all about her trying to figure out, like translate their language, basically. Um, and it's it's all like pictorial and it's basically above kind of letters and things. Um, mm. So it's very kind of makes you think it's a very kind of cerebral film. Um, and then there is elements of kind of not time travel, but the film's not presented in necessarily a chronological order. But it's right. one of those sci-fi films where not tons happens. It's not like loads of action. It's just one of those like really makes you think, mm. which I, I think is one of the best things about sci-fi is you think shit is like how close to reality could that be? Or yeah. how near is this? happening you know all these kind of you got people that genuinely do believe that aliens have visited earth i mean i i think it's a bit naive to think that we're the only sentient beings in the universe yeah Um, i robot had me shook for time (laughs) (laughs) i thought they were going to take over (laughs) yeah i mean you you know i have conversations with well i mean it's not really a conversation it's more like i ask my Alexa or whatever, so she's lit up now um, to do something for me. But you know, it's probably not too far from the realms of believability that you could have a one-to-one conversation. You know, yeah. sometimes I'm sitting here not doing anything, and the and the device I just mentioned will just say something. It'll be like, "Here's today's news," and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't ask you anything." <laughs> she's actually talking now. Yeah, Alexa, stop. But, you know, strange. Um, yeah, I don't know. So if we were to say top sci-fi films, mm. is that a tough one? Like, how would what would what are, you, what are the five that come to your mind? Um, okay, so the ones that come to my mind off the top of my head, I probably should have planned this out. I'm not going to lie, but um, 
<laughs> this is like in no order at the minute. So I'm thinking Men in Black, the first one. Um, yeah. I Robot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh god. Okay, so, oh, War for Planet of the Apes. Does Planet of the Apes count? Okay, well that's an interesting one. Let's debate it. Why are you saying War for Planet of the Apes is sci-fi? I feel like it's very it's futuristic, isn't it? Talking apes yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, I mean, if you go back way back back to like the um, the original Planet of the Apes, I suppose in that one, I think they thought they time traveled like, I think they thought they time traveled like how many thousand years? Like maybe I don't even know how long how far they've, but they they did time travel basically, or at least mm. they thought they did. And obviously, yeah, like they thought that we'd evolved to a point where, um, to a point where apes had become like the dominant species and humans were, were like couldn't even talk kind of thing so yeah i feel like at the time especially because that was what maybe 50 years ago that yeah. was like a um, i certainly think the early kind of planet of the apes ones are sci-fi inflected because like you said like they arrive on a planet which is obviously type, like space travel or whatever um yeah. even though it turns out to be earth and i think the remake yeah. that um tim burton did was set on another planet or maybe or there was i've like, never actually seen that one I haven't either, but I've seen images. It looks like spacey. And even the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right at the end of that, there's a, a ship that gets sent off, isn't there? Yes. Um, so I guess even though the newer trilogy doesn't focus on the space exploration aspect, the fact that it's about, I guess, like evolution and, yeah. and that, there is, I guess, yeah, you can't deny that that's at least based in science. So, mm. And it's a fictional narrative. So I guess, yeah, I, I would... I would agree with you. Certainly wouldn't disagree that War for the Planet of the Apes is a sci-fi film. Um, yeah. yeah, I would say definitely that that's a great film. Probably would fit into my top ten, if not top five. Mm. Um, yeah, what other? I said three. Um, I think Term- Terminator Two. I think would probably get in there. I really like that film. Um, and that's a franchise that just off topic. That franchise has gone so far <laughs> left. Oh, like, it's just gotten so shit. Like the last one they put out, the Genesis, was fucking t- one of the worst films I've ever seen. It's just really rubbish. Oh my god, it's I so think, crap. I think it's one of those franchises that the only reason more of them get made is because they will lose the rights otherwise. Yeah, because yeah, like be. the the one that's coming out, Dark Fate, this year, I think it must be number six. Um, yeah, they literally they're saying like, they're basically praying a bit. Of sh- indirect shade at the last ones because they're like producer james cameron returns from mm. tim miller who did deadpool which was a decent film you know it's sort of like <laughs> you know sarah connor's returning it's like yeah this film's gonna be good please watch yeah. it and also they also include like the fact that arnold schwarzenegger's coming back but he's actually been in like five of the six films anyway i'm almost certain he's been in all of them i might be i'll be chatting shit but i'm sure he's been in all of them maybe not the fourth I, one actually i think there was one film where his likeness was used but i don't think he was actually uh okay. but I, also, I mean i'm gonna hold my hands up here and say i've never seen the second terminator film which oh, it's really every, good yeah. everyone says the best one yeah. but considering he's a bad guy in the first one he sort of seems to become a good guy how does that work well I, you don't really so he's i think sarah or someone sent him back in time basically just to, to protect john connor instead of killing Sarah Connor. I think I'm not sure if it's who sent him back in time, but like for me, because when I watched it, um, I didn't, I hadn't watched any of the Terminator films, so like 
when I watched the second one, the first thing I, I think I was with Christian. I watched it. The first thing I thought was that okay, the Terminator is not murdering anyone this time round. So like, what's yeah. his game? What's his what's his game kind of thing? And obviously, I find out that he's sent been sent to protect John Connor instead. It's like it's a good little twist, I think. If you don't if you don't know what's coming, but I feel you're like thinking like because I watched the first one quite recently. It, yeah. They basically say that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character has no ability to empathize it all it does is just its mission which is to kill yeah yeah so i don't know maybe they're just yeah i don't think bit of that, that, that definitely doesn't carry <laughs> that doesn't carry towards the rest of the films i guess they probably thought oh shit arnold schwarzenegger's a pretty big star now we should yeah. uh, you know we should increase his his part in it and or you yeah. know make him a good guy rather than a bad guy um, yeah <laughs> um i'm just uh, well, yeah do you want to finish off your top five or, or at least just five kind of good sci yeah i can't really think of a fifth one if i'm being honest there probably is a fifth one that i'm literally just completely forgetting but for the sake of it i'm just gonna say um star wars 7 because i really like that stuff that film the force awakening yes fair enough cool well again like, I, I find it really tough because i've a lot i've seen a lot of sci-fi films but i've just I've got such a bad memory of like yeah, I mean, what actually happened within them and like how good they were but i would say arrival was up there because that's such a really good film um you know i really liked how thought-provoking it was um and it was a slightly different take on it i'd you know i'm i do quite appreciate a film that's not just reliant on action set pieces um you know it's, it sounds like an inte- it's like an intelligent film you know it's like yeah. one that opens up further debate um and amy adams is always good value um, there's one, uh, Annihilation, which is on Netflix. Did you watch that? It's with Natalie no, Portman. but I remember you telling me about it, and it, I did. Wa- it's actually on my list of stuff to watch. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but yeah, I that's, do watch that's it. a really good film. It's got elements of horror, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the horror film. Again, that's quite like thought provoking. The ending's a bit kind of, I get from memory, it's a bit ambiguous. Um, yeah, like really good. Um, I I'm sort of looking up some films now. Yeah. Um, I'll, oh, well, I don't back know. Back to the future. Sorry. Do we consider that as a uh, in our top five? Either of us. It's good. It is really good. But yeah. Again, I don't know if because obviously we're coming from modern films, and I think yeah. obviously like the, the graphics and every the just production values, it just gets better, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But it's a proper solid. You know, you can't deny that that's one of the, the kind of pioneers. Sci- pioneer, that's the right term. Pioneers of sci-fi. Um, yeah. Other great sci-fi films that if you've ever seen is In Time. That's a good concept where okay. you have basically currency as time. So basically, if you're broke, then you're dead because you've got no time left. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. So like you'll trade kind of six minutes of your life for. I don't know, an espresso or something. Um, and, and again, it's all about like, it's very like rich versus poor. Like all the rich people have like loads of time. They've got like 100 years or something. And so yeah. um, Justin Timberlake's in it, um, which I actually think is a decent actor. Um, really? Fair enough. Yeah, I think he's quite good. I've only um, seen him in like one film, to be fair. Um, and yeah, so I think he, he tries to, he helps someone heist a load of time or something. Um right. And it's all about like you know they're running out of time as well. So that's that's quite a good concept. You should watch that. It's a really good film. Um, have you ever seen Source Code? 
with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I actually watched that um, for the first time in Nigeria. I really love him. Yeah, so that's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's um, a soldier and he gets sent back to a specific time to try and find out who blows up a train. So again, there's elements of like butterfly effect, time tra- time travel. Um, but yeah, in like a, a different twist on it. Um, and that's, again, it makes you think like, you know, because they say you can't save anyone else on the train. You can't save anyone on the train. You just, you yeah. just need, well, unless you figure out who um, is the bomb. Actually, I think, I think they sort of write off that train, don't they? They just say that we need him to stop the bomb, the, the, the bomb for because he's planted another one. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's sort of like morality questions. It's like if if you couldn't, you know, if you could try and save people. Um, should you would you but it's also like they're telling you that you can't change the past um that's moral dilemmas um also you got district nine you seen that i don't think so who's in it uh well it's a south african film um where the main character played by charlotte copley he well it's like a south africa where robots help out um and and uh he kind of gets injured and has to part of him becomes robotic and um it's quite funny um good action film uh same guy did chappie if you've ever seen chappie no i haven't seen it no uh chappie's less i mean chappie's still good but less good uh matrix is obviously uh oh yeah matrix pioneering sci-fi film again like you know way ahead of its time but looking back on it 20 years on it can look a little bit dated Unrelated topic, kind of. Um, I did hear that they're trying to do a Matrix reboot with Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh man! Can you just <laughs> think of something else? You know, <laughs> I feel like reboots are like just like the in thing now. Like what the? F- like, there's no originality in, in Hollywood anymore. Literally. Um, there's also a film called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, which is That's about. I don't know. Again, it's one. It's come up on this list, but. It, I never considered it as that, but I guess it's about you know editing people's memories and mm. and you know there's again I guess ethical questions that that raises. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess there's a lot of like a lot of animes like sci-fi, isn't it? Like Ghost in the Shell, yeah. things like that. So I guess we haven't considered animation. Got Wall-E. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting genre, but I guess there's a lot of crossover with others. You know, yeah. Whether it's horror or family films or superhero films or action. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it is a tough one. Um, what to you would make a good sci-fi film? If, you was to, if, if there was someone bringing out a new sci-fi film now, would you say there are certain things that need to be in it for it to be a, like a good sci-fi film? I think, for me, based on the ones that I've liked out of the ones I've mentioned, they even like Ex Machina, they all have, they all pose kind of ethical, moral, mm. or mm. kind of philosophical questions in like a really interesting way. It makes you think about it like, oh, what would I do if this was a thing? Or, you know, if, if I was to talk to aliens, like how would I go about it? And, you know, all those sorts of questions I think really yeah. interesting because I think science fiction naturally should talk about those big questions and i guess when the main focus of a sci-fi film is just 
shooting or action i guess it that's when it kind of i would say oh that's just an action film with sci-fi elements yeah um, you know i guess that terminator's become that robocop you know all those sorts of ones where it's like mm. set in the future or an alternative future but it's basically just an action film um i i like the kind of thought-provoking ones what about yourself um i think i'd probably agree with you but then i i, I for just thinking about it i think that I think things that I would want from a sci-fi film are just things that I would apply in general, like that I want in films. So I feel like it needs to be like a good twist. I feel like you have to be, I feel like the story has to be kind of like, at least try to be fresh or innovative in some sort of way. Yeah. Um, I would, I'm agree, completely agree with you in terms of like the ethical, on, on an ethical standpoint or like a moral standpoint, which I suppose a lot of, well, say some, I guess, alien films have, even like, um, I suppose, Avatar in a kind of way, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's something that, I think things that, things that make you at least question, uh, like, question the existence kind of thing. So, like, with time travel films, you, I suppose you can kind of question, like, should we be, like, altering time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and I feel like it needs to be, like, kind of consequences for, like, the actions of, yeah these these elements these elements of sci-fi if that makes sense yeah and also think this might sound a bit contradictory but i also like sci-fi where you think actually that's semi-believable or you can see that happening in 20 30 40 100 years you Mm. know like there's elements of realism or at least uh credibility believability there Um, yeah even like um when you talk about black mirror like I haven't watched it, but that episode you guys talk about with um the social media, like the rating thing. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing that could maybe thirty years. That's that could be a thing. Yeah. And I guess like whilst in time you could never really trade actual minutes for items, but it's moving beyond currency. It's like, yeah. are we gonna get to a point where, you know, I mean Bitcoin is an e currency, but it's not tangible in the same point whereas currency is based on the value of gold so are we going to move away from actual kind of currency notes and are we going to trade other things you know other commodities that are more important like you know so a lot of just and this is the thing a lot of sci-fi is dystopian you know Mm. it's about like a negative view of the future where you know rather than money you're trading oil or you know whatever is it's become so scarce, you know, yeah. clean, air, clean air or whatever. I like those sorts of films where you're like, shit, yeah, this is what's actually going to happen in the future or could happen if we continue on this, this path. Um, I think Charlie Brooker with Black Mirror is definitely, um, you know, finding a fresh take on a lot of sci-fi concepts. Yeah. I do does find... Do... That... I say, does he do films? Has he done any films? No, he's mostly TV. I mean, I guess Black Mirror, some of the ep- length of the episodes are kind of filmic. You know, they can be like an hour ten or whatever. But he also, and I think you might find it frustrating, a lot of his films are, uh, sorry, episodes end kind of ambiguously or they just sort of end. And yes. um, you're sort of left to just ponder it, which I think is very deliberate, but it is becoming a bit repetitive and frustrating i wouldn't mind every now and then but you know at least with the last series that he did with the three episodes it was like they all just sort of end and you're like oh okay can you just maybe actually think of how to end your narratives yeah because if i think of ideas i would you know 
if I was to try and think of a film or whatever, I think what I would struggle most with is ending it. Yeah. You know, like, I should, when, you, when we talk about Breaking Bad or any TV show, it's like, yeah, it's great, but the ending's maybe disappointing because how the fuck yeah. do you end something that's so popular and gone for so long, like, in a way that everyone uh, agrees with or, you know. I was say, I do think in some instances it's actually kind of lazy to kind of do your shows or films without an ending. I agree. Like, I think, so like, for example, the film that I was talking about, See Yesterday, I searched the hashtag on Twitter and basically it was full of the actual director of the film kept, people basically were p- upset or pissed off about the end of the film and it was him like um, uh, adding them like with um, a YouTube video of him answering questions about the film and why he ended it that way. And yeah. I'm thinking, like, you have to tell that many people, like, oh, I ended it because this, 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 this. Then you've probably it's probably not a good ending if you have to yeah. justify why you've ended it a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Lazy. I'm trying to think of a film that's ended ambiguously where I've been happy about it. Um, I know there must be some. Inception. Yeah, because. I guess, I guess, I guess maybe maybe it's because the rest of the film was so good that, you know, you can be in either camp and you can debate it quite furiously. Yeah. Um, maybe because people are invested so much in it. And I think also if if you do in that instance, if you define what the ending is, you will get people being arguing the contrary, either way. Mm. Um. So I think yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm struggling to think of others. So there, mu- there must be. Yeah, there must be. Um, but yeah, certainly very interesting. There's also, and I know this is not necessarily to the ending, and it's not really related to sci-fi, but with, um, I guess sometimes the implication of something is more powerful than seeing it. So, like, have you ever seen Seven? No. So it's about a serial killer. Um, he he based killings on the seven deadly sins. So mm. for like gluttony like there's a fat man and he force feeds him to death and stuff and um it's a really good film uh but so the last one uh i'm not going to spoil it for you in case you watch it but (laughs) there's there's a a scene where a box is delivered and the implication is that there's someone's head in the box but you never see it um Mm. and so it's sort of like that's even more powerful because it's like fuck, you know, there's a head in the box, but no one's seen it. It's not graphic because, yeah. um, I guess even like Psycho, when when the woman gets stabbed in the shower, there's people convinced that they they saw blood or they saw her naked or, or whatever. It's like no, you don't see that. It doesn't exist. But but the mind is so powerful that it's kind of filled in the blanks. You know, um, you. that's a bit tangential to what we're talking about, but mm. just came to mind. Good question. Watch... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. Finish. No. Finish them. No, I was just saying you should watch Seven. It's a really good film. Oh, is it on Netflix? Mm, might be. Is it horror? Is it a horror film? Uh, it is classed as a horror, but it's not. It's not jump scary. It's it's more the horror is the the killings, and you don't really see the killings either. You just see the aftermath of them. Okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I I might add that to my list. Um, I was going to ask: Does Transformers count as sci-fi? Yeah, this is where there's like crossover, isn't it? Because yeah. I guess robots, I guess, but it's set in present day. But I guess yeah. present day doesn't necessarily mean that it's not science fiction. Um, I would say it's a sci-fi 
action film. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think there could be such thing, or such a genre as science fact? Does that is that? Yeah, because obviously we're talking documentaries, about... isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> True, but I guess like you know the way that maybe available technology is being used, or or I don't know. I guess maybe if we're talking about. Go on, sorry. Go on. I don't know. I don't know really where I'm going with this. I just sort of had a thought. You know, science fiction is always about, I guess, yeah, something that's not real. But, you know, considering we're in a technological age, yeah. there must be stories about things that have actually happened that, yeah. I don't know. I, I suppose First Man could be like a science fact film, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think... In order for it to be to distinguish it from science fiction, I feel like it would kind of have to be based on a true story, I guess, which I don't think you could. So you couldn't do anything futuristic. Mm. I suppose you can't really do anything present day, I guess. Yeah. So does science fact then just basically become biopic or, you know? I, I feel like it would be, yeah. Okay. Or, cause, yeah, because I suppose you could choose, you could take actual things that are, that do actually exist but then if you make up a story around it then i suppose that makes it then become fiction in it yeah that's a very good point yeah yeah just uh, just a, a thought because always about fiction isn't it but there must be like yeah but i guess it then that becomes biopic or drama mm. or whatever um yeah it's interesting um yeah. know, it's, a, it's a it's a very interesting genre um i'd be curious to see what chris is uh thoughts are i think he had different um categories for what he considered to be sci-fi films as well okay interesting yeah Do um, we say zombie films are, are they not sci-fi they're in their own genre i mean i would just say they're horror aren't they okay fair enough i don't know okay unless you're playing with re like reanimation in a sense mm. that someone is created a serum or a way to bring back the dead mm. but i think that primarily they're I mean, at least from zombie films that I can think of, the focus is about the zombie and the the horror of it. Yeah. But maybe if there was a, I guess, a Frankenstein-style narrative where it's about the ethics of bringing someone back or mm. something like that, then then maybe it would be a bit more in in the science fiction vein. Um, yeah. yeah. So it maybe we should do more of these genre-specific. Episodes. Should you know? On on and we, on episodes like this, where like there's not a lot of films out, we haven't seen a lot. Yeah, I think we should. Mm. I think you know. I was thinking about because obviously I was looking. I asked you guys about Mad Max the other day, like because apparently it's one of the best action films of all time. Oh mate, I'm action films to watch. Apparently, obviously you guys said it's not worth, not really worth it, kind of thing. It's yeah, it's one of those films that's critically lauded, but yeah. we're your average critics, so. We it's can true. give you it to it straight. It's not that good. <laughs> not that good. Don't waste your time with it. Um, yeah. I would like to yeah, do a few like action comedies, action comedies, dramas, sci-fi's, mm. horrors. You know that sort of thing. Talking of horrors, one up, out. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of action comedy, are you going to bother watching Stuba? I actually do want to watch it, um, just because obviously you've got Cinema Pass and that, so I might as well. But. It isn't showing in Odeon, in Beckenham, as far as I'm aware. So I will oh, have really? to, yeah, I will have to go somewhere to watch it, which is kind of long. I mean, that's normally a sign of a film not being very good. This is true, but Beckenham, Beckenham are just—they're oh, always slacking, man. They're always slacking. 
Yeah. And even Anna. I wanted to go see Anna. Beckham weren't showing Anna. I mean, I can't imagine that film's particularly good. No, apparently it's crap, but still. <laughs> Actually, talking of that, though, Le- uh, Luc Besson, who's the director of Anna, he's kind of played in the sci-fi genre quite a lot with Fifth Element, um, Valerian. Um, I guess Lucy's got some sci-fi elements to it. Um, so, that film was shite. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, just, he just does films about women who are like assassins and then yeah. the title of the film is just their name and it's always a four-letter <laughs> woman's name. What's the next one going to be called? Jill. <laughs> you know. And the sequel, Jack. <laughs> and the Garfield. <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> is there anything else uh, on the topic of sci-fi you want to discuss? We haven't really discussed sci-fi TV very much. We haven't, to be fair. Um, do I watch much sci-fi TV? I suppose I probably do. I mean, does Big Bang Theory count as sci-fi? Mm. I don't know. I suppose it kind of does because they do kind of like discover shit, which I suppose, uh, which I don't think has been discovered actually in real life. So, yeah. And there's a very much science focus to it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, to be fair. And I think, yeah, because they're always talking about like, string theory and stuff. And I think Sheldon and Amy won a Nobel Prize because they discovered something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. So, yeah, I suppose you could, yeah, I suppose you could consider it as a sci fi. Hmm. I'm trying hmm. to think of other kind of sci-fi tv TV. obviously strange yeah x-files um hmm, it's a very good question i guess you've got like well red dwarf which i've never seen but i know that's about like setting out space i think there's um the orville which i think is a separate final film star trek star to be i watched star trek discovery that was that was okay i guess what about um maybe the oa that's a plays with some sci-fi yeah, elements I've, about again, in, I'm not, I've not seen it but interdimensionality um yeah do you think that sci-fi might benefit from long-form storytelling in the sense of tv like 10 hours worth or 13 hours worth rather than a two-hour film because some of the concepts in them are so complex yeah. Yeah. that to unpick them you know like i've watched Inter- well, i've watched interstellar i didn't really enjoy it but that's probably because i was just like what the fuck is going on yeah i do think definitely yeah having a longer format could definitely help explaining certain concepts or at least kind of like being able to dumb it down for the audience um, yeah. or, or, or in terms of like if it was like a dystopian kind of thing it probably help with like world building and mm. that sort of thing um so yeah i think definitely i feel like there is maybe i just don't watch them but i do feel like there's not a lot of like genuine sci-fi tv out there at the minute i think a lot of the times people um a lot a lot of the problems sometimes with sci-fi films is that okay they've got this concept but i don't understand it at all yeah even like with endgame obviously with the time travel stuff a lot of people myself included at the end of the film were like well hold on how does this work it poses more questions than it answers doesn't it exactly and i guess also yeah like because i guess naturally sci-fi encourages debate and you know there's always you know if the writers aren't kind of doing too much research in it then it, it does show because you're so, you unpick the flaws in it all it yeah. takes is someone who has an actual understanding of quantum physics or whatever to say mm. you know actually that's not right because you know robert downey jr says oh yeah that's the blah blah effect i don't know if that's an actual thing if they just made that yeah, up yeah the, the deutsch effect or whatever it's called yeah, yeah the deutsch effect and also like, he's 
when he does time travel, he's like, oh yeah, inverse a Mobius strip or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and how does that relate to time travel? You know, they, yeah. it's just, you just have to suspend your Go disbelief. with it kind of thing, yeah. But uh, I guess, you know, the nature of it being a superhero film, you don't think about it too much. But if it was kind of pure sci-fi and it was about finding out how to time travel, you would probably want it to be based a bit more in yeah. kind of reality. Yeah. Um, in terms of sci-fi TV, we've got a shout out Rick and Morty. <laughs> to be fair, I still need to try and watch that because everyone tells me how good it is and I've never actually seen it. You do need to get into it, but they're only yeah. like 20 minutes. So, you know, you can binge watch three or four quite easily. And yeah. If you like the humour, then you'll enjoy it. You, it does take some getting used to. Is it quite crude or? Not necessarily crude. It's just a bit strange. Okay. You obviously got like, you know, Rick burping and being like alcoholic and just being a bit of a dick to Morty. And, you know, it's, it's just funny. There's a lot of sci-fi elements to it, but it's silly. Yeah. Um, no, nah, not nece- it's not crude necessarily. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I really enjoyed watching it. Um, Fair enough. So what's coming out? We've got Lion King next week. Any Lion other? Lion King. I mean, it's summer, man. There should be some big releases, right? There should be some blockbusters, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. Obviously, Hobbs and Shaw comes out in August, but God. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, not bothered. Is that sci-fi? Because you got Idris Elba to genetically enhance. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, that's so far away from reality now. But... Oh yeah, it's absolutely stupid now. But I'm still looking forward to it. I feel it. I still think it looks pretty joke. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. But um, I don't know what else is coming out. To be honest, um, randomly, did you hear about um all the uh, uh backlash that um people are that um Disney are getting for casting the mixed race girl as Little Mermaid? Oh, do you know what? Mermaids don't exist. Yeah, exactly. And if they did, if they did, I'm pretty sure mermaids wouldn't all be Caucasian. Exactly. With red hair. Yeah. You know, if a mermaid was living around the Indian Ocean, she would have darker skin than if she was in the Norwegian fjords. This is true. I don't know. Like, No one complains that Jesus is always portrayed as white when he would clearly be at l- very least Middle Eastern. This is very true. It's, you know, it sounds about white, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, it's, everyone's up in arms. Of it. Why did, everyone's like, like, I'm sure there's the whole political correctness thing. But yeah. she's a fucking mermaid. Who gives a fuck? Who cares, she's... literally? You know, there are there's rightly criticism when Scarlett Johansson's cast as a, you know, what was historically an Asian character in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And, you know, when Tilda Swinton is playing a Tibetan kind of, whatever she is, teacher. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But a mermaid? Who cares? Who cares? It's a fictional fucking creature. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you do need to kind of redress a balance. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's, what was it? There's um the character of Hermione in the Harry Potter play was played by a black woman. And they yeah. were like, oh, but Hermione's white. It's like, yeah. no, she was white in the film. If you yeah. read the books, I don't think J.K. Rowling ever specifies her um, her ethnicity. Yeah, she even said like, I don't. So I don't know if this is true or not. If she actually meant it, but she did say like she always intended for her mind to be like a black person, a black woman, or whatever, whatever. I don't know if she was just like kind of like pandering kind of thing. But still. I 
I'm being cynical and I'm going to say J.K. Rowling's pandering because yeah. she came out being like, oh, yeah, Dumbledore's gay. It's like, well, really? You didn't really kind of convey that very well in your novels, did you? Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure J.K. Rowling would have had quite a bit of input into the uh, Harry Potter films. She could have just been like, I wanted Hermione to be black. Yeah. You know, <laughs> rather than having three Caucasian kids. Mm. Um, but I don't yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, ooh, what, Sebastian, is that if that's played by someone who's not a crab, then <laughs> I'm going to be up in arms. Um, I think people just people have too much time on their hands to get pissed off over anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think there are very few circumstances where you genuinely need a character to be of a specific race or ethnicity. Like, yeah. Obviously, if the character is from, like, a particular region, then you would assume that they might be a particular race. But that only is really relevant for, like, people from Africa. I mean, you can get white African people, but majority of people in Africa are black. We've got people from Asia, Southeast Asia will kind of look, you know, that's a particular distinguishing feature, as is South Asian. But, you know, if someone's European... Europe is, at least Western Europe, is such a diverse place that, you know, someone's English doesn't mean they have to be white. Yeah. Someone's, a, someone's a mermaid, they don't have to be white. Literally. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, so it really tough. is. Um, I'm sure Piers Morgan's got something to say about it. Oh, God, I hate that guy so much. <laughs> but, I mean, Little Mermaid, do we need a remake of that? I mean, do we need a remake of any of these Disney films? Disney are just in their bag at the minute, to be honest. They're just making, they're just saying, fuck it. It's a license to print money. It's absolutely. You know what I mean? Although there was an interesting point you made about the um, colorism of Scar in Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, obviously, in the, uh, in the films, in a, well, in a lot of films, they kind of portray darker skinned characters as, like, the evil characters. That aside, like in the film, Scar is, you know, a lot darker than Mufasa. He's got a black mane, blah, blah, blah. And obviously in the film, you know, he's just like a regular lion, which is fair enough. But it's CGI. So I feel like you could have, you could have kind of could have CGI'd him, you know, like a dark mane or something, you know, just to give a bit of originality with the film. But, you know, not neither here nor there, really. Yeah. Again, I guess it's a lion. The lion's a lion, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's those people even like I think moaning about Gamora being played by Zoe Saldana. I mean, it's like mm. Gamora's green. Yeah, there aren't you know there aren't any green-skinned actresses that are being kind of you know left out because because she's being played by Zoe Saldana. It's just, yeah, exactly. people will just moan about anything. Yeah, um, if Ariel is a non-white person, great. Doesn't mm. you know? Just because she doesn't look like the the animation yeah, back then you know i think the first black disney princess was princess and the frog wasn't it from like 2013 or 14 so, i think so yeah yeah you know if they could cast an asian actress as snow white doesn't bother me yeah you know? there was to be fair there was a um it wasn't animated but there was a cinderella film in like 1999, I think, with Brandy, Brandy Norwood as Cinderella and Whoopi Goldberg as the go- fairy godmother, which was quite. Dumb. Oh really? Yeah, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, they're very few and far between. 
having these uh, these black characters, I guess. Uh, so speaking of Disney, did you see the trailer for Mulan? I didn't. No. Okay. Looks alright to be fair. It? It, not just, see- it looks. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying, I'm not seeing the animation, so I, I wouldn't have oh, a benchmark okay. to place it again. Fair enough. Well, it kind of just looks like. Well, what I'm hearing is that they're going with the original actual story that the, the Disney film is based on, rather than basing it on the Disney film. So in the Disney film, there's like a talking dragon and all sorts of stuff like that. I don't think that's going to be in this film. I think they're basing it off the original story of Mulan, who was just a um, a, um, uh, a woman who went to war. So had that. So her her elderly dad didn't have to go to war, but she had to mask herself as a man, and she did it for like three years or five years or something like that. Okay. So, yeah. The trailer looked looked all right, to be fair, and it was kind of like a thing. Um, it was this older woman who was. They were basically telling Mulan that she was going to be uh, betrothed, I think is the right word, um, to another man. Right. And this woman was like kind of like describing what makes a perfect wife. And she was saying about discipline and, and I don't know, and I don't know, swiftness and blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, they were kind of showing her, you know, preparing for to fight as well. So it kind of shows how like you can use all the, these adjectives that you use for a good wife and use that to be a, a warrior or a fighter as well. And it would yeah. still kind of like apply the same. But yeah, it was it looks alright to be fair. I'm looking forward to seeing another trailer to see you know a bit, a bit more action or something. Please tell me they cast a Southeast Asian actress in the lead. I, well, she she looks Southeast Asian. I, I, I can't say for sure she is, but she looks she does look. Oh, at least of descent. Yeah, I think someone said Jet Li's in it as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good that they're you know incorporating kind of diasporic narratives. Mm. Like other narratives, maybe they'll do Pocahontas as well, which maybe, yeah, is like I want to say Native American, yeah, Native I don't American. know if that's the correct terminology. I um, think you could say that, yeah, Native American, yeah, yeah, it's good that they're, they're doing these, uh, yeah, these other kind of because it's not a risk, is it? Because you know, like, no. you know, if, yeah, they yeah, make like with, with um, with Lion King, even if it gets crappy reviews, guaranteed breaking a billion, 100 million percent, yeah. Oh, Aladdin of... made 800 mil and, oh, hell. and that was like very like people were very lukewarm on that I liked it personally but people were very lukewarm on Aladdin actually I want to talk about a couple of things first of all do you find is it potentially a problem if Disney are casting say so obviously Aladdin the characters in it are of I want to say like Middle Eastern or Arabic descent but they yeah. are American Arabic or you know, like, I guess Black Panther, there a lot of the people are African-American and Mulan, you know, is probably an American-Asian, you know. Is that problematic? Like, should they have people who are maybe from the actual country that they're representing and maybe not kind of Americanized? Do you know what? I think you can definitely make an argument for it. Um, and I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be someone who's like, oh, no, they should be American. They should be, you know, have American accents, blah, 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 blah. But I think with the Disney, obviously I can't say for Black Panther because, you know, I suppose they are putting on accents in Black Panther. Like then a lot of them don't speak with an American accent. So I suppose you could get more indigenous, obviously Wakanda's a fictional place. So, you know, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. But with terms of like um, Aladdin, which is set in, I don't know where the fuck it's set in, but, you know, somewhere in the Middle East, I'm assuming. Yeah, or um, Morocco or somewhere like that. Yeah. So like, I suppose you could definitely make the argument that you could hire actors from the area that being said if you're basing it on the disney version disney version is americanized 
and that's yeah. the version that people are used to. But uh, also, have, you know, the Disney versions were produced in a time when there wasn't as much diversity as there is now, and obviously we're not sure. at a place where diversity equals equality, which you know, still a long way to go. But just because they did have American accents doesn't mean that they should. True. Very true. Um, yeah, I also, don't know. Go on, sorry. Um, also, just wanted to mention that I heard that if Far From Home doesn't make a billion dollars, then Sony will have creative control over the next Spider-Man film. I, I heard that as well. I don't know how true it is, but I think I think uh, I don't. I'm, I'm assuming Marvel have had creative control over the first two. Yeah. So considering they've been quite well received, I would probably argue it'd be to the detriment of the third one if they weren't in control yeah definitely because you just know sony will be like hey let's put venom in it yeah they'll chuck venom in there yeah they'll say fuck it <laughs> that'll be quite a joke <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, no, i feel like this film's hundred definitely gonna make a billion really i don't think yeah. it's even at 700 yet the last one that far far from home um homecoming made 800 million so i feel like this one and i think people rate far from home above this so I, just, I don't know i feel like it's gonna crack it crack a billion I hope so, because I don't really want Sony to have any control. No. Um, but at least there is going to be a third film. Yeah. Whenever that is. And um, Comic-Con should be soon, right? I think, yeah, I think it's this week, this Thursday, I think. Okay, so hopefully we'll have some more idea about what Phase 4 of the MCU yeah. is. Like. To be fair, I was, this is I'm going like, to be a bit nerdy at the minute, but I was looking up the, um, the Eternals, because I, obviously there's lots of rumours that's going to be one of the films that they're doing next year. And basically, mm-hmm. it's like a, their their background is that like five million years ago, um, celestials came to Earth and basically um, uh, mutated with like, human genetics in order to create these Eternals. And um, there's another version, like an evil version of them, like uh, begins with a D. I can't remember the name of them, but basically, the they, the Eternals are basically like mutants kind of thing. Okay. So I was thinking like, oh shit, like could they kind of connect this to like an X-Men sort of vibe? Because mm. like, yeah. apparently kind of like all they, the Eternals have always been on Earth for like the past however many million years. So I don't know, maybe it could be like a little X-Men thing. But yeah, I suppose it'd be quite interesting. Mm, the future. One of them, one of them is called, um, this, sorry, I'm just going to be a bit nerdy at the minute. One of them is called Icarus, Icarus, I think. Mm. And basically, he's the son of Icarus, who flew too close to the sun. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the, the the cartoon. You can link link that to like Hercules, and they can bring out like a Hercules little, you know, mix that in with them. Um, yeah, connect to Disney kind of thing. That'd be kind of jokes. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Very interesting. Yep, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hope well. Hopefully, by the time we pod next week, there will be some news. Um, yeah. Because um, yeah, I do think they need to announce something soon because um, mm. audiences can be fickle uh, yeah well is there anything else you want to discuss on this week's um, not really off the top of my head no alright well short and sweet but a good discussion on sci-fi um, and does make me want to revisit some of the, the sci-fi films yes yeah, so I do want to watch some yeah I, watch I, Looper. That... I bought Looper the other day I want to watch that yeah yeah um, it's the same director as Knives Out. So, oh right. Uh, yeah, and of Last Jedi. So, Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, next week I'm um, I'm hoping to have seen The Lion King. So hopefully we will. That'll be the main topic of discussion. Um, and anything that comes at Comic Con. Cool. All right. 
Well, you can uh, tweet us at YSC Podcast 17 or on Facebook, Instagram, every other bloody platform. Uh, under your Spotify now. Spotify too. Spotify, Podbean, Baked Beans, Runner Beans, all of these beans. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so share our content, leave us a review, um, and, you know, spread the Catch word. Peace.